Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about training project managers with the help of special guest Mason Gatto of Sobo Homes in Boulder, Colorado. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, I'm Tim Fowler and welcome to the Tim Fowler Show. One of the hottest topics around today is finding skilled help. And almost everywhere I go, a contractor will say, I don't know what it's like where you live, but we can't find good help. Well, probably a better topic and the topic for today's show is training. Okay, there are a lot of people out there that want to work. There's a lot of people in this business that need work. It's just a matter of getting them trained to where we can actually uh, use their skills and use them to the advantage of the company as well as giving them a job. So whether it's a project manager or a lead carpenter, people have to be trained. We're going to be specifically talking about project managers today, but the same uh, ideas, I believe, will apply whether this is a lead carpenter or even a newbie coming into your company. So traditionally, the way I've seen training occur in a lot of companies is you either, this is the old days, spend two years carrying lumber and then we might let you pick up a saw. In other words, you got to earn your way into just using a tool. Or the other extreme is throw them out there on a job site. If they don't make it, they sink. If they do make it, then we're better off for it. Neither one of those is very practical for today. And it certainly is impractical trying to attract new people into this business. Are the millennials around us are not willing to spend a year before they're allowed to do anything independently. And so you gotta gotta think about who we bring it into this. So fortunately for all of us, there are companies out there that are actually doing what I call intentional training. So it's a planned and executed course that they bring a new person through that increases the chances of their success exceedingly high. So this allows for a very strong hiree to absorb the knowledge much, much faster. It allows someone who's already good at the job to pick up like what is the different in this company? How do they do it differently here than what I used to do? Or it allows for that weaker hire, the person who you think is gonna be a good person but you're not quite sure, the chance to actually learn what they need to and then eventually become good at what they do. Now, it would be foolish for us to think that just putting somebody through a training program is going to change their basic nature. We know that's not going to happen. But once you get a good person in, good training is going to make a big difference. Tim, of, of all of the consulting that you do that you know we, we mention a lot, uh, where does the training start? You know, where do you, you know, start to even put this together? And of all the companies you've worked with, um, you know, is it finding the help or is it training the people? What's the biggest issue? Well, it's, bo it's both. Unfortunately, I think we've 
companies have kind of given up. But I do think that even people who may not be a perfect fit for your company, if you take the time to actually do some intentional training, it allows you to bring some people in that are not necessarily skilled at what they do, what you need them to do right now, but they can learn those skills. Unfortunately, I think we kind of expect everybody to know everything we know already, whether it's how does our company do this, like a change order? How does our company do a change order? Well, I've never had to do one before. Well, you can't have the job. You're no good. And that's a terrible thing, you know? So it's like, get them in, get them trained, and then they can follow through on what you need to do. I think, unfortunately, you asked the question about where does hiring start or training really start? It almost always starts after somebody makes a mistake, yep. you know, and they made a mistake. Now oh, you don't know how to do that. We better train you on how to do that as opposed to getting it done before they make the mistakes and then they're ready to well, great. Let's jump into it. Mason Gatto is the production manager of Sobo Homes, a custom residential design build company in Boulder, Colorado. Mason worked his way up from basic labor in the field to lead carpenter to foreman to general contractor to project manager and to his current position as production manager. He has successfully trained multiple lead carpenters and project managers in his time at Sobo. Welcome to the show, Mason. Thanks for having me on, guys. Hey, this is good. This is so exciting. Uh, before I signed on with Remodelers Advantage, I had my own little company. It was called Field Training Services. <laughs> so I'm into training. I, I, I think training's a, a big, big deal. So you've had a lot of different uh, careers or different avenues in your, your uh, progress to where you are now. But give us a little of idea of how you decided that training was a critical thing for either for you or for your team that you have there at Sobo? Well, admittedly, it's a little bit of trial and error. And also just having started out in the field myself and worked my way through all the different levels of construction to get to where I am now. um, It's just been uh, all the more important and reinforced all the time for us that it's critical that guys get specific training uh, to know the position, to understand your program within, because every company's a little different. Um, and I do feel that this is a very hard job. Being a project manager is a very skilled, uh, it's a challenging job, and there's of the, of the field managers, I should say, whether it's a lead carpenter or a project manager that we've hired or trained, very, very few come in with all the necessary tools to be able to do the job holistically and successfully for a client. So that being said, I mean, that, that has been the root of how we've come back to just having a, a good, solid uh, training program makes a huge difference. So did you kind of get your training by just being on the job site and then you kind of picked up the, what was going on and that way, I mean, or did you go through any systematic training when you got in this business and, and started moving up? 
No, and that's funny you ask because that's all the more reason that's reinforced that there needs to be some kind of training because I did just start out as the guy humping lumber, like you said, and then learning the trades and learning the skills and learning the uh, uh, client interaction skills. And then you have to, you know, pick up technology things. And uh, when you want to hire good people in, there's not a lot that can just come to the table with all that. So, right. Yes, I did just learn basically just by gathering and gaining that experience as I went. So one of the things that I've noticed is that a lot of contractors and even production managers kind of assume that everybody's like them. In other words, you and many of us, uh, me certainly, when I was on a job site, I was absorbing everything. I was learning. I, I really wanted it to be something more than just me humping lumber. And so I, I gave it my best, but a lot of people that work for companies that they're not driven like that. They're not, they want to do a good job. They want to do the best thing, but they're not driven to learn. And so I think it's more and more incumbent on businesses to actually uh, put some training into place and making sure that these people do learn. So for Sobo Homes, give us the rundown. You just hired a project manager what is it you do? What, what, what comes first? And then maybe what are some of the other things that you do to uh, really put them uh, into the best position to succeed? Well, um, and uh, I don't want to get all, all off topic, but I do believe if, if uh, there is any discussion to be had about it, that the, the hiring process is also very critical that you mentioned as well, Tim, in this, because getting to the point of even having the right person to be able to train, um, it's it's a very extensive thing and, and critical, and we could touch on that later if you'd like. But so if we've hired somebody on, um, the you know really the first thing we do is we want to incorporate them into the group as a team member as quickly as possible, make them feel welcome, you know, get them in, but get them introduced to everybody. We're a fairly small company. Um, there's about eight of us, eight to 10 of us in the office, give or take what field we're talking about. But um, they need to get to know everybody. And the importance of that is also understanding what everybody does within the company so that they can appreciate or respect the guy, what we call the swing men, which are our general labor guys, all the way up to the salesperson and our design team. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to get, just focused on what you're supposed to do with your one job or, or not one job, but your multiple projects going on. Uh, we really emphasize and find a lot of success in uh, teamwork, team orientation kind of thing. So first thing would be sort of that induction into that. Then we go into um, we kind of just start out with basic ride-alongs. You're going to go with the other project manager if there is one or whoever would kind of be their closest counterpart or lead carpenter or the production okay. manager if you're set up that way. We, is that so that's so the ride along is like the shadow. They're just there to see how that job gets done by this person. So if it's a project manager, they're hanging out with a project manager for or if it's a lead carpenter. They're just just hanging out with a with a lead carpenter. Yeah, absolutely. So in that ride along, that basically, yes, morphs into 
what is the shadowing phase, the, the, the process in which is we find to be the most rewarding and beneficial is just simply seeing what your job is all about by shadowing other project managers, spending time on the ground, being involved, listening in on client meetings, all of those elements. Um, and we do that for, you know, it, it always depends, but we try to do it for a couple of months if we can. Wow. Yep. It's, and, and again, it's, it's all, I mean, we talked about this and the importance of it. Hiring is expensive and right. takes a lot of time. So a couple months probably to a lot of people out there is like, Oh, there's no way I can do it. Well, if you have the right person and you put the time in, you're going to save time in the long run by having somebody that's got more information than trying to always pick up their pieces or to your point, don't start trading them until after they make a mistake. Right. Um, so, so, so where does, where does the cost of that labor go? I mean, is this a, is, or is this job costed to the three jobs that that project manager is responsible for, or is it a, separate training budget that you guys have created to accommodate some of that or does it really matter i guess is another maybe another way to look at it uh in terms of the grand scheme of things well uh i guess two parts to the two answers two parts to the question one is the initial training process is you know we don't create a separate budget we don't have a line item anywhere that's you know specifically accounted for that's just overhead costs of doing business and getting somebody in and it's an investment. We see everybody that we hire as an investment to the company. So we're investing in them. We ask you to invest in us and that's time and money. Right. Um, as far as, and I don't know if you were going here with it, but as far as when the projects get going, um, then yes, absolutely. Each project manager, they are a line item in the budget. You cannot, we highly recommend, well, I mean, that's us. Everybody's got a different way of budgeting, so I'll leave that one. But we do have a specific line item that we say this many weeks for the project. We know what our project managers cost for us over a period of time per week. And that goes directly in and that's accounted for. And they, you know, and they track their time as well per on the projects. Those timesheets are added in and then we can see how we're doing on their time through the project. So Mason, walk me through uh, the timeline of how this training uh, process came about. And first of all, how do you document it? And then when you, did you help develop this with ownership to create kind of like a Sobo way? Um, Is it mostly how you did things? I mean, walk me through that timeline of of how this developed and and how you document it. Well, as you can imagine, it has been over several years of of development. Um, It's been between the two owners and myself in developing the program. And then with one of the other, the first project manager we hired that I became the production manager of gaining knowledge, feedback from him, working with him on how to better improve our system and integrate people and bring them in and and also find their own people. So that was kind of the background of how we've gotten as far as documenting it. Um, We have, you know, a fairly simple, I don't know if it's a spreadsheet or what, but it's just a, uh, I mean, I guess it's kind of an org chart that follows the process of not only how we hire, but then the stages of the training. And we try to put timelines to them as best as possible. 
So is there a, um, you, you've done, done the ride along. Is there another step or are you doing some other kinds of things? Cause I can imagine that, uh, during like a month of ride along that perhaps not every topic comes up on a job site. Like maybe a change order doesn't get written in a whole month. It's hard to imagine. I know, but, and so is there another mechanism that you're using for that intentional training for a new project manager? This is how you do this. Yep, absolutely. So then there's also a a phase where they spend time with me directly and we walk through everything. A lot of it's the technology-based things in terms of what they need to know in creating change orders. I don't know if you can name drop our software program <laughs> on this, but we have a software program. We do it all through that, so they need to be trained up on that. They do have devices. Each project manager has an iPad and an iPhone. Anyway. Yeah, um, we should get endorsements for them. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> So that is, yes, the phase of learning, uh, yeah, mostly the technology side, how to look up their budgets, how to be tracking their budgets, how to be managing schedules. That's another one. Uh, so is that done? So it, uh, is that done like we spend the whole day in the office going over this stuff? Or is that like what, like every Monday we get together for an hour to go over certain things? How, how do you? just physically do that where you're walking everybody walking this person through every step of the the way um we actually set up as much as possible um in our company calendar a schedule for the new project manager that so-and-so will be spending uh from eight to noon on this day in the office with so-and-so and they will be working on learning x y and z Okay. In the afternoon, they're going to shadow with the project manager. So we we try to we try to a mix it up so they don't get super bored sitting in the office for a whole week or start to not keep track of things. And b, you know, give it some structure that you know it's your day, so you're prepared. Oh, I'm gonna, you know, the salesperson's actually going to give a little bit of presentation of how we get through the process and, and educate them on that. Very good. So you basically have your whole company participating in the training of a production person. Uh, yes, we, I mean, yeah, ultimately, yes, we try to. Uh, even the uh, the office admin woman just kind of showing different things about coding receipts or invoices and how she processes them so they have a better idea instead of just throwing the piece of paper thing in with some scribbles on it. Um, all the way down to the guys, the swingmen in the field of, I don't know, just just day to day, kind of how they operate or how. Okay, what? Just give me an idea. You know, I think everybody would understand. Like a project manager, you know, they do these twenty five things. Therefore, they would teach the new project manager those twenty five things. But what are what are your salespeople doing? Going over, what are they talking about when they're training a project manager? What kinds of things do they go over? Um, yeah, the sales is, I mean, that's kind of a unique one because it's, it doesn't entirely relate directly to the project manager's job. But right. I think the importance we find in it is just understanding the process and the work it takes to meet with the people 
introduce them, to gain the trust of the client, to secure the sales, to start the design phase. Because a lot of the times it's very, very easy for project managers in the field. Um, you know, they're very focused on what they do. They've got a lot to do in every day. So they're looking at their projects and to simply just say, oh, I'm frustrated with this. And how did we end up with this client? And why isn't this in the drawings? <laughs> Having some understanding of the amount of work and time and energy and, and just uh, deliberation it goes through to even get to the point where we're handing it to them that they can do this project, we just feel is important because, yeah, there's always, I mean, whoever listens to this, I guarantee there's always those people out there that there's the battle between the sales guys and the field guys. It's always yeah. a thing, the budgeting, the design, the does this work, does this not work, and why did they do this, and how did we get here? So we just try to, we try to integrate and cross lines so people are just more aware, even if you are okay. frustrated then you can come to them with some understanding instead of just coming in flying off the handle for no reason. Well, I think it's a fantastic idea. And that, and uh, I have been at a lot of companies where I've talked with project managers and lead carpenters. And I say, say something like, do you know how a sale gets done around here? And they go like, I have no idea. Right. You know, and, and like you mentioned, there's some frustration and so forth like that. So I guess, do you have a probationary period? I know you try really hard to hire somebody that's the right fit. Do you have a probationary period? And does your team then have uh, some say in whether this person stays on or not? Like all the people who have interacted, like if I was applying for a job there, all the people who have interacted with me, do they have some kind of feedback to you that says, yeah, this person's the right person for the job, or you know what, I, I don't think they're going to make it. Is there anything like that that you guys have? Yep. So we do a probationary phase. It's 60 days. 60 days. Okay. And that is often very kind of uh, in conjunction with the ride along phase. Right. We try to start getting their feet wet as much as possible and as we feel comfortable within that probationary phase we start to have them even do some of the client weekly meetings once we feel like they're comfortable to just start getting that practice while we're there helping to coach them right um, once we get the probationary phase it's really just making sure that they're a good fit and you're comfortable with them and the team members um, can resonate with them and yes we absolutely we go to every actually I go to uh, every member of the team and just ask them, how do you feel about the new guy? What are your, what did you see that might be concerning? Do you feel like they're lacking in this area? What is, you know, uh, any and all questions, Great. all feedback, positive, negative. And um, we use that feedback and things that I observed, the other project manager, all that, uh, to kind of cap off the probationary phase where we sit down, we have a little meeting. Hey, we're psyched. You're doing great. Here's all the things that we're seeing, positive, negative. Um, and we tend to, that kind of tends to be the first of our biannual reviews we do that set specific goals for them to start working on for the next six months. Um, and then we check back in with those every six months. How did you do on X, Y, and Z goals? It's, it's good. You set specific things, usually three or four, but the probationary that 
phase and the feedback from everybody is a, is a really nice starting point for that. And how about the so, feedback from the trainee, Mason? I mean, do you get any feedback on your training process from the people going through it? Are they able to add as they, you know, grow into the company? Yeah. If there is anything that comes up during that, you know, shadowing phase, um, we, yeah, I mean, I guess we, we're open ears. We're always open ears to things, uh, just whether it helps out with them or future project managers or hiring, it's feedback that you, you always have to be open to feedback, no matter who you are and in what you do. And so then down the road, what we'd like to do, and that's where after a year or two, your existing project managers, if you have one, that's where you get good feedback because after they've had some time to get into the system and they learn it, they go, man, it would have been a lot easier if I knew this the first month I was here, or if you train me up more on this because I've been struggling with this aspect. This is fantastic. And uh, we're going to be wrapping things up here, but I did want to mention that Mason will be uh, at our production conference in September doing a presentation on this very thing. And uh, I'm looking forward to a little more insight and getting in in a little bit deeper. And just uh, this is such a fantastic thing. So as we wrap it up, Mason, maybe uh, one little nugget, one little... um, word of wisdom that you can give to everybody uh, either to encourage them to get the training done or maybe uh, to help people see how important it is. Just one, one little nugget here. Well, I guess just, I think finding somebody that the personality um, works within your company and just not necessarily hiring the person with the most experience or knowledge but somebody that you feel is going to come in be a good fit for your company culture and that you know you can train to work within your system and how you like to operate, those people tend to do much better than somebody that just comes in and has got the huge long resume and and just says, I'm going to go out and do it and I'm going to run the jobs and don't bother me doing anything else. So Sounds great. Be my, my nugget. Thank great. you. Mason, thank you so much. And for people who are interested in heading down to New Orleans for the production conference to check out the content and to see Mason in person, go to productioncon.com. You can also find all of the information for that week at rexweek.com as well. So Mason, thank you so much for joining us on the Tim Fowler show. We wish you and Sobo continued success and uh, we look forward to having you back in the future and seeing you at the production conference. Sounds great. Have a great one. Take care. Thank you. You too. All right, Tim, another fantastic show. We are compiling some serious data here. (laughs) I think we are getting some, uh, you know, of all the nuggets, of all the information we're finding. Uh, You know, it's just some great information on, on, you know, being able to bring people into your organization and, uh, you know, train them, how to bring them in, but how to make them great employees and valuable within your business. So, one of the great things that came out of this was this ride along idea and um you know shadowing ride along whatever you want to call it getting that person into the presence of one of your existing employees at whatever level they're coming in letting them see the job description in action as opposed to you know just a bunch of words on a piece of paper and then um 
Mason alluded to this and it kind of went by real fast, but he alluded to the idea that at a certain point they actually have their trainee start doing the things in the presence of the trainer. So in other words, they watch client meetings for a month and then they start doing client meetings, but they're still being supervised. I think the other thing that is so cool is that they have this probationary period, but the training consumes the whole thing. In other words, they're not just throwing somebody on the job site and then standing back and evaluating them through the probationary period but they're taking the time to train them all the way through and getting feedback from the existing team. Just absolutely incredible. I also think that when you know the role of other people in the organization and you know why they're doing things, it's not just that I'm doing a certain task or something that you're teaching me to do, but why am I doing it? Why am I putting the receipts this way? When I talk with the admin person, she shows, she or he shows me, why the, how they process the receipts. I mean, that yeah. you know, just backs up that training and, and all the way across the organization. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's great. And then I, I guess another last little thing is just that at the end of that two months, they're actually setting goals for the next six months. In other words, they're not just putting them out on the job site saying, wow, glad you're here. But they've gotten the feedback. They say, hey, hey Tim, you know, we're glad you're here, but you got a little weakness in this. And so what we want you to do is to work on this or whatever, however that comes out. I don't know the exact wording, but there literally is somewhere to go as opposed to get out there and make us some money. You know, there's a growth plan yeah. put in place. So it just sounds like uh, they've got a really great thing going. I really am looking forward to the production conference and hearing Again, a little more fleshed out ideas, about an hour worth of presentation on on how this works. It's going to be exciting. Great. Once again, we would like to thank Mason Gatto for joining us today. And thank you once again for listening to The Tim Fowler Show. Remember, we are helping the bottom line through production training. This has been another episode of The Tim Fowler Show. Want to hire Tim and fast track your growth? Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.